Yo, thanks for joining us at our 40th episode here at Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz, who cannot believe it's been 40. What? (laughs) This is a weekly podcast where we, a couple of dark phoenixes, talk about movies, TV, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. And if you haven't subscribed to us in the last 39 episodes, now is the perfect time to do so. So hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. Was that Instagram? Press play AR? I think so. (laughs) In episode 40, we'll talk with our friend Kyle about video games, LARPing, whatever the hell that is, and Dark Phoenix. That and a lot more. Stay tuned as Riz tell you which DVDs and music are available now. Find out the fact of the week. And in this week's Six Degrees of Separation, we'll connect Eartha Kit and Diane Weiss. Pretty cool. But first, a quick break. Listeners, this week we don't have any quick news because to celebrate our 40th episode, we have someone with us. Our next guest is a Oklahomian gamer, LARPer, and one of the best healers a squad could ever ask for in an MMORPG. Please welcome to the show, my friend, Kyle. Yay! Hi. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, and especially on our 40th episode. I feel honored. <laughs> so, uh, a quick a quick recap on on who Kyle is. I met Kyle years ago while playing DC Universe, uh, and then we just started becoming friends online, and it evolved into going into Final Fantasy. And I believe, in my heart, that he is one of the best healers a, a group can have. Uh, in fact, there was one time uh, not that long ago we were in a raid and it was a 16-person raid. So it was uh, one healer heals for a, their team and then another healer heals for their their team. So it's you understand? No, no, no okay. but go on. Uh, but for some reason, the other team's healer left and he carried 14 people by what? himself to the end without anyone dying or himself. So I think that's very impressive. Very impressive. I don't know what it means. Thank you so much. Very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm great support. I'm great support. That's awesome. <laughs> and why do you like healing so much? Or playing the healer role? It makes me feel important. And um, I don't know, just always the mechanics about getting to heal people, um, not dealing out so much damage. I'm there to just lift the team up, provide buffs and and I like doing that stuff. I, I, I like feeling important in my role. Well, that's awesome. And uh, you've always liked playing video games at such an early age? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it was actually my dad who kind of really got me into video games. He was always, I mean, he was the first one to introduce me to, like, Super Nintendo, the N64. Yeah. Um, he bought me first PlayStation. Like, <laughs> it's kind of his fault. <laughs> <laughs> in a good way <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah no it's it's the best i love video games and currently besides final fantasy we are in a free company together a free company is like a, a group a guild uh you okay. know okay um besides that game you're currently playing uh dead by daylight right oh yeah yeah i'm playing that game hardcore i love it it's I'm, scary I'm- it's exciting I, I tell Riz to, to play that game because it's a horror game, but 
I don't know. I like horror movies, but I don't know about like actually being a character in one. It's too real. I'd be, <laughs> I'd freak out. I'd freak out. <laughs> I, I like it. I don't know. I feel it's more of like, I don't know. I feel like it's more like an action adventure game than it is horror. I don't feel like there's that much gore. There's blood, but I don't know. I just like running away and it just gets my adrenaline pumping and hopefully I'm losing weight by all the sweat. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a a question about uh, Dead by Daylight because they recently posted about being that it is uh, Pride Month that now they are uh, introducing sexual orientation into the lore of the game is there any reason why that because someone who for in my in my case someone who hasn't played the game i thought it was just like you pick your character you're either the killer or the one being killed and that's it so where does the sexual orientation or that lore falls into that um so they've always had lore for these characters to begin with they all kind of have their own little character backstory their own blurb and it wasn't until like they really wanted to dive more into the lore that they started telling these character backstories um and then i guess just things kind of flowed naturally and they just figured that some of these characters would be lgbt um part of that community so does it make the game Sorry to interrupt you. Does it make the game, uh, does it make it more sense? Um, I don't think it has any, um, I don't think it really messes with the game at all, really. I think if, for people who are into the lore of the characters, the lore of this world, I, I think it affects them a little bit more. Um, but I've, I've been reading people's comments about it. Nobody seems too upset. They're just like, oh, okay. Um, a lot of people are more like, why are they making this a big thing? Like, it's 2020. It shouldn't matter anybody's orientation, yeah. race, you know, gender. So I, I feel like the community has been very positive about it. That's great. That's awesome. great. So it's more for, like, an understanding for people like you, Riz, or like you, Kyle, who are into the movies of these horror characters to, I guess, make it feel more connected or more complete. Right, right. And and I th- just think it's um, more representation, I think. I, I think a lot of people w- will like that, um, or they're not feeling represented. I mean, because they have characters um, that are African-American. Um, they have a plus-size character in that game. Um, so it's not just all, like, movie and video game characters. Like, they're, yeah. they're trying to make sure, like, a whole wide range of peoples is represented in this game. So I think that's why I like it. And what other games are you playing? Um, I play Resident Evil 3, the remake. Um, I played Final Fantasy 7. Um, I'm playing Fortnite. Um, and I think that's about it right now. I'm still on the fence about if I'm going to get The Last of Us Part 2. I, I haven't decided yet. But um, as of right now, like the, the like Fortnite, Resident Evil, those are the games I'm really playing. Oh, okay. Awesome. Um what what games do you particularly lean towards? I see that you like more horror or a scare tactic to to your game genre. Um, I'm actually kind of eclectic when it comes to video games. I sometimes it's the MMORPGs, sometimes it's the horror, sometimes it's just I want to just shoot something, so I'll play like a Call of Duty game. It just it just kind of depends on what I'm in the mood for. 
Um, I mean, there were months where I just played Skyrim, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I want to play something scary. So then I bought a game called Outlast. So, um, you know, it just kind of depends on the mood. But I, I think I'm a very eclectic gamer. I know when I see you uh, on my PlayStation Network, I see you playing Fallout too, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound like shallow or something, but you know, I I wouldn't picture you playing these types of game. I mean, I would. I don't play them, uh, but it's it's great. It's great. It's great that you do have a wide range of a video game taste. Yeah, yeah. Now, I just I just like video games. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you are as eclectic with movies as you are with video games? Oh, I would think even more so. Oh, uh, what was the last movie you saw? Well, obviously not in a the theater because with all this stuff going on. Yeah. Well, yeah, the last before the craziness, before the quarantine, what was the last movie you saw? Um, the last movie I saw in theaters was The Hunt, and cool. we wanted to see the that. last. <laughs> oh, I I enjoyed that movie. I thought it was a really good movie. And I think the last movie I watched was the Scooby-Doo movie, Scoob, on Video On Demand. And how was that? (laughs) I I, I was a little Um, iffy about seeing that after the last trip. I I enjoyed it for what it was. It's not meant for me, but it's meant for, you know, younger children and people who um, really, really, really are into Scooby-Doo. Um, so I thought, I thought it was good for what it was. What movies did you watch growing up or what movies would you want to show somebody who doesn't know you and want you want to know you? What movies would you tell them to see in order to better understand who is, uh, Kyle? Damn, that's deep. Uh, I would say any eighties horror movie. I would say, um, any like... 80s, 90s movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Total Recall, <laughs> um, Last Action Hero, the freaking Terminator movies, even the ones that aren't good. Um, you know, that's that's me. Um, I'd even say, like, um, Boys in the Hood. Um, oh, I love You know, that. really, really good movies. So I'm, I'm very eclectic with, with my movies as well. So... Any uh, favorite actor, uh, female or male? Ah, this is a tough one. This I is know. a tough one. Because uh, I didn't think about who was my favorite. Um, I Currently, I really am liking Florence Pugh. <gasps> I love her, Kyle. <laughs> I love her so much. She was really good in Midsommar. That is like one of my favorite movies, by the way. Midsommar yeah. is my favorite, one of my favorite movies. Um, and then I think actor-wise, um, um, I'd say Christian Bale. I really enjoy Christian Bale. I, I, I think people give him crap, and he's a really good actor. You know who I love? What was the actress who was in Hereditary who played the mom? She was oh, Tony Collette. Yes, she's so fucking she's awesome. Fantastic. I love her so much. I love her more honestly than Florence Pugh's because I like actors that I can separate who they are and they can get into like their total character completely. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very tough I when agree. you have like commercial actors like Will Smith or or The Rock that you can't or or Tom Cruise who you cannot for me cannot see past that. 
You, you understand? Right. With actors like even Florence Pugh or, 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 or Tony Collette, like you, they lose you in their role. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Um, any movies that you're looking forward to watch in the future? When movie theaters open, I'm looking forward to the Wonder Woman 1984 movie. Um, I hope, hopefully it gets to come out. Um, any Marvel movie I will watch. Um, I think right now, because I've been so deprived of going to the movies, I'm probably going to see anything that opens up at this point. I just don't care. Now, we did do a a report on a Oklahoma independent movie theater that is opening up way before uh, these big bigger movie theaters are opening up. I think it's in Tulsa, if I'm not uh, correct. Uh, if movie theaters open up prior, are you willing to go? Um, I think it's kind of just depends. It, it kind of depends. I think I'll kind of let things open and kind of see like what um, procedures they have um, and kind of how they're going to handle um you know, how do we buy tickets? Is their concession going to be open? Like things like that. Cause I still want to be safe. Um, so I, I think I'm just going to let other people test it out first. And then if that first week goes okay, then, then maybe I'll risk it. Magneto has a famous line in the last stand that says in chess, the pawns go first. And with this <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus, I think it's perfect to, to use. Um, what else can we ask you? How is the the coronavirus in Oklahoma? It's it's still here. It's still present. Um, but I think since this is part of like you know a, a more conservative state and it's full of like rednecks and hillbillies and um, people who aren't willing to accept change, I think yeah. they're just making matters worse. I think that um, everyone's complaining about. Um, their business is not being able to open. Um, and, and I think Oklahoma just opened up a little too early. I really do. Yeah, I, I want to say that your state opened up about two weeks before ours. And we're, we're working on like phases. I don't know if Oklahoma has the same thing, but we're currently in phase four out of five, right? Yeah, I think so. I think beaches is, is four. Uh, they just opened the beaches. Yeah, uh, they just opened the beaches last week and we went today and it was... It was pretty cool. Everyone was, you know, practicing social distancing. Everyone was coming to the beach with their masks on and then taking them off while when they get to their spot and then putting them on uh, while they when they left. And there were beach patrols patrolling the beaches, making sure that people were were practicing uh, healthy, healthy matters, healthy uh, social distancing. And (laughs) yeah, yeah. Are are you? uh... Are, are you um, working from home or what? what? Um, no, no, I'm an essential worker. Um, so oh, okay. I have to go to work. Um, so unfortunately, I don't get to stay in and, and, you know, work from the safety of my house. I actually have to venture out and risk it. But, um, you know, we're following safety protocols at work. They're checking our temperatures. We're wearing masks. Um we're trying to social distance as much as possible. And how is it? Because I know you you work with kids, and kids mm-hmm. can be very unpredictable. And mm-hmm. how how can you how are you guys handling like kids that will run up to you to give you hugs or or to like interact with you? And there's you know they don't know you know uh, 
how do you do you work with that? Um, you know, we wear our masks when the kids want to come and give us a hug. We're still giving hugs to the kids. Um, I think if anything, our safety protocols, is if anybody's sick, even a child, it could be like um, them maybe having a cold or maybe they're um, saying, oh, I don't feel good. We're taking everything very seriously. So we just kind of send them home right after. So awesome. All right. That's awesome. That's great. Um, so let's get into Dark Phoenix. Um, Dark Phoenix uh, was released June 17, <laughs> 2019, with a budget of $200 million, and the worldwide gross was $252 million. Ouch. So that was pretty. Uh, mm. So Apocalypse did 500. Yeah, uh, from worldwide from so. their 200 billion. So Apocalypse did do a little better. Uh, it was directed and written by Simon Kimberg, which is his directorial debut. And the cast includes James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Sophie Turner, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, Ty Sheridan, Alexandra Ship, Evan Peters, Cody Smith McPhee, with Jessica Chastain and Ato. Esodo, which is uh, the black guy uh, who plays uh, the other alien. Great, great. So, I'm going to be honest with you, Kyle. I I really wanted to hate this movie, but I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it a little bit better than Apocalypse. Um, Why don't you like it? Talk to us. Oh, my gosh. There's just so many problems with this movie. Um... I don't even know where to start. Um, (laughs) Let me just start with, um, I guess, just the whole concept of this movie. It it didn't make sense to make this movie. Um, There was really no buildup to Dark Phoenix. Um, and, and I'm, and I am a comic book fan as well. So I know about the Phoenix force from the comics. I know about traveling in space, going to galaxies. I know, I know about all that. So it just, it threw me for a loop when I, when I found out that they were, just going to make the dark Phoenix again. I was like, well, we haven't even seen her as just the Phoenix. There's always the Phoenix before dark Phoenix. So that was my problem from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the really bad trailers came out for the movie and it just, it just didn't look good. Um, I was like, man, they're not showing you any action. There's probably not going to be any really good action. And and I was right. Um, and and just from beginning to end, I would say maybe the first 10 minutes of the movie is good. But then after that, you you kind of just are watching something and you're like, oh, OK, I'm going to try to like this movie. Um, and I think that's the problem is that I kept telling myself I'm going to try to like this. Um, the characters act out of um, how they should be acting out, like um, Scott saying the random F word. I just so dumb the um, stupid ex-woman dialogue the thing that Jennifer Lawrence says um, to Professor X I was just like that's so stupid it it felt very misplaced Um, the costumes looked like something you could get at Party City Um, the movie drug on for a long time Um, and even like the third act of the movie feels kind of like a different movie compared to the rest of it um yeah it's just it's a it's badly written it's some of the performances are bad they didn't know what they wanted to do with this movie um and it's just it's just not a good movie it's not a good movie (laughs) (laughs) i mean i individually as as the movie of itself 
I liked it, but I understand what you mean cohesively as as a story from First Class to Dark Phoenix. It does not make sense, and you do hit the nail on the head when you said without how could they make a Dark Phoenix movie without the Phoenix? And that was something that me and Riz were talking about because at the end of Apocalypse, you do see the Phoenix Force. Right, right. And then out of nowhere, she goes into space and then that's the Dark Phoenix. There's no no tie into that or no, you know, I mean, yes, I understand that there was rumors that they were going to do a two-parter we have to take into consideration as well as it was in the midst of disney buying marvel and they didn't know what to do there were also rumors that the ending was very very similar to captain marvel and that's why the third act looks completely completely different and looked like another another movie but i want to the what i liked about the movie is out of the 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 other two movies, Apocalypse and First Class, I felt like they really used the mutant powers a lot more um, than Apocalypse or or First Class. Um, I felt like it was more teamwork, it, it more 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 pu- mutant fighting than 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 the other ones. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about the movie? Um. I liked it a lot better than Apocalypse. It's not fantastic. I feel like Apocalypse dragged on forever. I felt like for Apocalypse, it was just an ugly looking movie. It was just his his costume, his th- that whole scene where they're on the rock and it's the four horsemen and they're just dialoguing for 20 minutes. And I'm like, that's just wasting right there where, where they can continue fighting or do something else, but like this whole battle of like what Apocalypse thinks is Darwinism, and I that part I really felt like that dragged on a lot, and it was a lot, a lot of really good wasted characters. Angel could have been in Dark Phoenix, Jubilee could have been in Dark Phoenix with with I think ease. Angel died. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's oh, okay. uh, whatever happened to Olivia Munn's Psylocke? She ran away like a fucking pussy. Like, these are just really wasted characters that kept me wanting more and then let let me down. At least for me with Dark Phoenix, I saw them using their powers a lot more than than in the other movies. The thing with well, me um, is I didn't, I'm not like the comic, I don't come, at, come from it from the comic book rear side. I just see what what they show me so so when you guys say we didn't see the phoenix before the dark phoenix i'm like i don't know what that means you know what I mean? yeah yeah uh, right, so right. i'm like watching it and i i felt like the stuff with her with her dad made sense the fact that Prof- professor x didn't tell her that her dad survived i thought that was a great twist to me um but it the ending is odd yeah the ending is odd yeah um, I enjoyed it. I, you know, I enjoyed it. It's entertaining. I try to move myself away from comic book and tell myself, okay, this is the try to mentally separate. Them. Yeah, tr- this is the movie version of it. Yeah, you I know, did, I did the same with Harry Potter. Um, now I'm mentally separating myself from J.K. Rowling. So. <laughs> um, anything else you want to talk about uh, uh, about the movie? Um, you know, I will say this about the movie, like. It, it tried. 
there are certain parts where the movie does try like you were talking about like the father stuff um i really i really enjoyed that stuff but the movie should have it should have decided what it wanted to be if it wanted to be a more small and intimate story that's what it should have been um you know i really think for this movie to have succeeded it didn't need the aliens it really didn't um, it should have just been yeah. the 100 percent. i agree <laughs> it it should have been the x-men versus the the dark the, phoenix it should have yeah. been that character struggle um instead um and I, I will say this apocalypse had a lot of characters and it had you know and they they all kind of used their powers a little bit um but in this one yeah they might have used their powers but i don't feel like there were any real characters. There wasn't any character arcs. Um, Storm is just there to mouth off dialogue to get um, yeah. some some form of plot rolling. Um, even Nightcrawler doesn't really do anything except when it comes to the action. Um, Scott, who is the you know boyfriend of the lead character, is a side character still. And it's like, when is he going to get his opportunity to really interact with her? Um, they they tried to make Professor X the villain of the movie for like a good chunk of it, um, and it could have worked if they just would have went with it. But they kept flip flopping back and forth, and and putting the aliens to the movie just didn't make any sense. Um, I think if Jessica Chastain's character was like the Phoenix Force talking to Jean, I think that would have been a much better concept. Um, uh, never really know, thought about that. That would have been, cool. been cool. Cause you know, that's, that's all her character's doing anyway, is just telling Jean, like, don't do this. They're trying to do this to you. They're trying to do this to you. And it would have been such a unique opportunity to do something different. Um, I, I hate, I hate, hate, hate the, the, the Phoenix power set, the, the cosmic look to it. It reminded me of the cosmic storm from fantastic four, 2005. Um, I think they should have went with flames and they even had that entertainment weekly or something cover where it was flames. So yeah, I, 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 I don't know why they, they backed away from that, but um, I think the movie was too small to be a summer movie. I don't think they had a clear direction of what they were doing. Um, so it's just, it's just a hot mess of a movie. At least I can put apocalypse on and I can be like, okay, I can sit and watch this. In that case, yes, because Apocalypse, first class to Apocalypse makes more sense than Apocalypse to, to Dark Phoenix. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, and I think uh, I, I can understand why it, it makes more sense to, to, to the viewers and to X-Men fans. I do agree that, yes, uh, the, the aliens were a bit convoluted in the, in the, in the movie. Uh, it could have just been the X-Men Magneto and the Brotherhood joining the X-Men to defeat or try to depower the Dark Phoenix. Uh, and I think that would have been more of a homey, more of a closer or, or, or personal storyline than than the, the aliens. But I think you were spot on on that as well. Yeah, agreed. I don't understand the anti-blue in this movie. Um <laughs> I don't. I. It's like what we said about uh, in Apocalypse. They. I felt like they cater way too much to Jennifer Lawrence than to the actual storyline. And she need to be Mystique. She wasn't. Yeah. Uh. She really. You know. And her power set were also dumbed down. She did. You know. Mystique knows 
some fucking awesome like martial arts or some like fucking kung fu and she has guns and she has like she's super super flexible super uh acrobatic and throughout the movie she's just standing there and and just like in in apocalypse she's just standing there as well there's no you know whatever um evan peters was also a wasted character in dark phoenix oh yeah for sure for sure he just disappeared, but I, I thought that I think it was because he was probably also filming American Horror Story, and that's why they probably cut him off short, but I'm not sure because I wouldn't, I don't understand why would they cut a character that was so popular and so well-received 15 minutes into the movie. Um, so I or It wasn't exactly 15. I would say he disappeared when... When Mystique died. When Mystique died. So that that was almost halfway. Yeah. And so, and I, he's just gone. Uh, would Jubilee would have been perfect in the in the New York City battle, in the Central Park battle, uh, in front of the the house. I, I I don't know. I don't understand why she's not there or what happened to her. But I guess it's now in the past because now yeah. it's uh, time for a reboot. It's time for a reboot. <laughs> Yay! I'm and fine how? With it. And, Yay. And how do you think, or how would you like for the X Men to be introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh man, um, I have no idea. Um, I still think we need to wait a little bit. I think it's still too soon. Um, maybe like another year or so. But um, I don't know. I'd like to see them come in like in different Marvel movies, like maybe like an X Men, like maybe Storm pops in, like the next like Doctor Strange movie just an example by the way but that'd be really cool to just see like a like random X-Men kind of throughout the movies and then they kind of just come into play I don't know I don't know I'm excited though would you want it to be uh, more of them already living in the MCU universe or probably be uh, transferred from another multiverse into the MCU I think I'd like to see them already part of the MCU. I think we need something different. I think we need um, we need change. And I and I think that was the problem with Fox's movies. They were all kind of very similar. Um, so I just think something different would be good. Because one main one main question that I asked myself when I think about having the X Men already part of the MCU is. Where were they during Age of Ultron? Where were they during Endgame? Where were they during Civil War? So that's a big question that Kevin Feige and these people need to, to, to answer. For me, I think it would make more sense for them with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness happening, have them come into this universe. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's the, do- the dog's bowl that I keep kicking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, that for me, I think story-wise would make it more easier to understand. But if they make it part of it while they were already there, they also have to uh, explain what were they doing in the meantime uh, during all the shit. So out of uh, one to five, what would you rate Dark Phoenix? Uh I was going to be petty and say a zero, but that wouldn't be fair. I'm going <laughs> to give it a one. I'm going to give it a one. And this, and it's a lot has to do with the soundtrack of the movie. The score oh. is yeah. so good in Dark Phoenix. Hans Zimmer is amazing. 
Oh yeah, it's so good. I, I think I think that, and then um, I really did enjoy Sophie Turner a lot in this movie, a lot better than I did Apocalypse. Me too. Um, so I, I I think that's why this gets a one. Um, so yeah, a one. I would give it a two point five. Three. A three. Three out of five. Awesome. So uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, okay. Is there? Any music that you like? What what kind of music do you listen to over in Oklahoma? <laughs> it's just country. <laughs> oh my god! So Stop sorry. the interview now. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, everybody out here listens to like a wide range of music. Um, I'm the same way. I guess I'm the same way all around with like my video games, some movie music. Um, you know, I. I grew up li- listening to Elvis and Michael Jackson. So, um, and then my dad would introduce me to like ACDC and Kiss. So it's kind yeah. of just been a musical journey um, throughout there. Um, currently, I'm listening to um, Lady Gaga's new album, Chromatica. How do you like it? Oh, I love it. I love it. Awesome. It's, it's probably her best album. Yeah, I, I listen to it. I, I like it. It's very uh, dance floor, clubby-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I don't think there's a ballad in that in that album, is there? Um, I don't think so. Um, I'm not like a stereotypical ballad, but um, I, I think it's a really good album, especially like in times right now. I just think everybody just needs to like, you know, listen to something upbeat and happy. Awesome. We're currently, well, for me, the songs or the album that I have on repeat is Fiona Apple's new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. I think it's mm-hmm. such, so beautifully written and, and very, very uh, personal for her. Um, what about you? Uh, the same. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm listening to. And we're waiting for Alanis's more Alanis's Morissette's new album. I'm a big 90s female rock person, so... Joan Osborne <laughs> coming out with a new album as well. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's me. Um, you want to ask? Oh, him? so I understand that you are into something called LARPing. Tell us what the hell is LARPing? <laughs> yes. Um, LARPing, um, LARP stands for live action role play. Um, and it's basically this kind of like live theater game performance that you put on with a bunch of other players i mean sorry a bunch of other people and you guys tell this shared story um you know sometimes you're given little blurbs um that tell you a little bit about your character and then you can go and kind of just um you know go role play that however you wish sometimes you can create your own custom character um and it's it's almost the best way to describe it is like you're almost playing a video game, but in the real world. Um, that's like the best example. But even then, that's not a good example because what you're doing is you're creating a story as you're playing with other people. Um, and no game is ever the same. Um, there's different types of LARP as well. Um, you know, the best way to look up a LARP is just type in LARP and then where you live in and then you might be able to find um, a LARP that's close to you where you where you live and then you just, you know, hmm. get some information on it. 
Sounds pretty cool. So it's not always uh, fighting or physical contact. This is, could also be like theater or playing or like acting it out. Right, right. There's um, there's different styles of LARP. Like there's buffer fighting style LARPs where it's about getting as much experience to learn all these new skills to defeat all these enemies. There's that style of LARP. Then you have a LARP that is more um, tailored to the story. Like there's no, there might be violence and action, but you're not fighting in it. You know, you're telling the story as you go along. It could be more like a political intrigue. Um, you know, maybe you have to cast somebody out of your town that's maybe breaking laws and you're trying to just do what's best for your kingdom or something. Um, so there's there's types of LARPs like that as well. How long do these uh, events go for? Um most go for uh for about a weekend like they'll start on a friday then they'll end like on a sunday morning um some will end up saturday at like midnight or something so um you know it's just a typical weekend okay and there is a a referee um managing this like i would say like compared like to a dungeon master I would say, yeah, like a game master there, you know, you have people who are there to kind of help guide you. Um, some games, they, they call them marshals and they'll be there to make sure like nobody's breaking the rules, nobody's getting offended. Um, and the cool thing about LARPing and role play is that, you know, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. There's always a way to bow out um, with no repercussions. If they're talking about a topic that really upsets you, you just walk away and there's, um, you know, no one will get mad at you. Nobody will ask questions. It's just like, you're not in that scene at that moment. Hmm. Uh, tell us uh, one of your characters, who is one of your characters and what is their, a brief, a brief uh, summary of who that person is. Um, I played in a post-apocalyptic LARP. And my character's name was uh, Stevie Hardrocker. I named them Stevie off of Stevie Nicks, who I love. Um, and they were kind of this debutante socialite character who always thought they were too good for the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> walk around like, you know, they own the place. Um, but when it really came time to battle, they would kind of run away and chicken out um, and they would throw money at the enemies and be like, maybe I'll pay them to stop killing me. Um, but then, you know, it was you, the character started out that way. And then um, as I continued to play them, they realized they're maybe a little bit stronger than they think. Um, maybe more of a leader, not so much as like a spoiled, a spoiled brat. Awesome. Awesome. My nephew uh, does LARPing. And I think last year he went to an event in North Carolina. Uh, and I had a boss who also was into LARPing as well. Uh, his main uh, negative out of it is that just people didn't know when to when to admit defeat. I guess in like the physical aspect of this, like the combat battle, uh, they would like attack them and then they would tell the referee oh he never hit me or um you know is that always an issue coming up like people playing fair i think you're always i think nothing's perfect um everything's gonna have issues or there's always gonna be problems but um you know sometimes it can be like that but um 
more often than not, the problems and issues usually get solved. Um, and, you know, um, I've never experienced those kinds of issues before. My stuff's always been outside of, of the LARPing. Um, but in the, in the game, I, I've not experienced that. I think sometimes people get really into their character and it's hard for them to break character. So yeah. sometimes, you know, if they're playing this macho aggressor, of course, they're going to get upset and get a little intimidating in front of you. And, you know, that's when you need to, like, you know, maybe step away and then go talk to them later and say, hey, listen, when you were getting in my face, it really scared me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just it's really about being an adult and being mature um, and then just, you know, talking it out because, you know, nothing works if you don't talk it out. And I, yeah, I think that's a good key for, for anything in general is to make sure you have it like that open communication. And I think that you can have a good time if you have that. Um, Kyle, how is it uh, as a gay man living in Oklahoma? I want to talk about that uh, a little bit. You mentioned the conservative aspect of your state. Growing up, it was difficult. It was very hard. Um it's still not perfect or how I wish it would be, but now it's not as bad. Um, and I think that has just a lot to do with about um, the way that the whole movement has gone along, um, uh, more representation and stuff. But um, when you live out in the Bible Belt where there's a church down every other street, um, <laughs> and that's not a joke either. There's literally a church down almost every street. Um, you know, it's really hard for you. Um, you know, I felt like I had to keep it a secret most of my life. It was something I had struggled with. And growing up, it was something that people didn't really talk about. Um, you know, I'm I'm part of that don't ask, don't tell era. You yeah. know, so um, it was it was hard, um, very hard. Um, and I think when things finally started to get a little better, that's when, you know, I felt safe enough to to come out and stuff. Um, but, you know, we have a small gay community up in the, the Oklahoma City area. There's some in Tulsa. Um, but when you live in small towns, it's really hard to find um, a, a gay community. There's no, like, street I can walk down right now, and it's known as, like, you know, um, I know there's places in San Francisco that are like that, but we don't, we don't have nothing like that here. Um, you have to drive everywhere to get somewhere. And you um, you live in a in a small in a small town. <laughs> I do, yes. I live in a small rural town. Um, you know, I live out kind of in the country. You have to get down a dirt road to get to where I live. Mm. Um, you know, I have to drive down all these highways and connecting interstates just to get to any form of real civilization. Um, but um. Yeah, so it's just it's it's difficult living in Oklahoma for for anybody who's who's gay, lesbian, bi, or trans. I think and now, like, can you comfortably just walk out in public without any any prejudice? Or today, twenty twenty, as you said, things have evolved. You still get uh, hate on. Not in major cities. In major cities, you're a little bit safer. In small towns, um, it's still kind of frowned upon. 
Um, you know, I know I talk um, gay. I, I know my voice isn't very masculine. Um, and sometimes, you know, I still get looks when I open my mouth, even if I'm going to like a dollar store or something. Um, you know, I went to a small town um, a little bit ago in Oklahoma and at the drive through window, you could just hear them calling me a fag, um, you know, while I'm getting Terrible. a food order. So um, that stuff still happens. I, mean, so. I, I always tell people, people come to me and they're like, well, why do you constantly fight for this uh, LGBT movement? If you live in Miami, you live in a progressive mm-hmm. city. Like, why are you like you have it? And I'm like, well. Thankfully, I do, but there's people out there in this perfect example in these small rural areas that don't. So those are the people that I'm out there protesting. Those are the people why I'm defending them is because they don't have that voice because it's very difficult them for them to, to find some sort of shelter and some self-acceptance. So, yeah, I still have to ha- fight that battle because those people can't. The battle isn't over just because we're good. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I really me. don't like when people are like, well, I'm okay. I, 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 I'm fine. And I'm like, yeah, but other people are not. And you need to open your mind just a little bit more because those are the people that need more of the voice and more of the help than us. You know, um, we live in, in Miami. We live in the middle of the it's city. We don't live in a rural area. Super liberal. Uh, we live in a very liberal place, but you can just drive an hour north and that's like There's our Bible Belt. Like Central Florida. In Florida, yeah. Um, is completely conservative, completely religious. There's even jokes and, and petition that we try to disassociate mm-hmm. ourselves with North Florida and become and have South Florida uh, the 52nd state, <laughs> because it's just like their ideas doesn't match with with us here in South Florida. Um, so I, I always try to teach people that, no, you, there is a fight that still needs to be won. Um, how does, um, I want to give a shout out to your mom, because looking at your mom on Facebook reminds me a lot of my mom. Uh, just her her look and her the way she talks about you and your sisters um, is very heartwarming warming for me because I feel like it's my mom and we need more moms like that. Uh, uh, Linda or Ms. Williams, I don't want to, to disrespect <laughs> her because it's a southern, <laughs> southern thing. <laughs> uh, um, that, you know, I praise her so much for, for giving you uh, the openness to be whatever you want and have have that place in your own home um because it's something that i always tell people especially heterosexual people with children that if you don't love your child at home they're gonna leave and someone else is gonna love them and that love is completely different than what you can possibly give them you know and um bravo mrs williams you're an awesome mom shout out to you and uh, you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyle, before we leave, anything you want to plug, anything you want to put out there? Plug your Instagram, plug your Twitter, anything like that. Um, yes, follow me on Instagram. It's Kyle Sparkles, and it's with a Z at the end, not an S. Um, and I would just say um, happy Pride. 
um, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, yes. I don't know what else. Just, you know, love whoever you want to love. Um, be happy. Be free. And make sure you vote. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Thank please, you. Please, please vote. Thank you for saying that. Are you seeing anyone? No, 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 no. Listener, Kyle is single, so if you want (laughs) to know more about him, you can hit us up at PressPlayAR or at his Instagram at KyleSparkles with a Z at the end. Hopefully this is like a love in the making and we can invite somebody and you never know, Oklahoma, people can travel. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody rescue me. (laughs) Kyle, it was awesome having you on today's show you are an awesome guy you are full full of energy and have a really really good heart and i'm glad i befriended you yeah nice to meet you it's nice to meet you too awesome we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be right back And we are back. Uh, pretty cool episode. Really uh, nice interview with Kyle. Kyle seems like a great guy. Oh, yeah. He's super funny and awesome. And any uh, single gay guys out there that wants to reach out to him, uh, you can hit him up on Kyle Sparkles with the Z at the end on Instagram. Awesome. Cool. Uh, so new DVDs out this week. The Impractical Jokers movie is out which i want to see i definitely didn't want to see in the theater but you know it's a cute you really show you wanted to watch that absolutely it's oh, a, okay it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a hilarious show i mean it, it it gets taxing after a while after you know a, a small marathon you want to turn it off for six months but i like it <laughs> i want to see it eventually uh soldiers Re- a soldier's revenge is out shazam magic monsters lego movie is out Bad Therapy, it looks like with Alicia Silverstone, the amazing Alicia Wills Silverstone, and Mc- Michaela Watkins is out. New music, a lot of, of interesting new music really? out. Really? Uh, have you heard of a band called the Black Eyed Peas? Ah, yes. They like to get the party started. Apparently, uh, their new album, after however long, is out or is going to be out called Translation. Bob Dylan, who. Honestly, I thought had passed away. Has a new album called Rough and Rowdy Ways. His first, um, his first album of original music in in a good while. John Legend has a new album called Bigger Love. Newfound Glory, which had an amazing '90s one-hit wonder, which I don't remember the name of, has a new album called Forever Plus Ever X Infinity. Very cool. Oh, and uh, Phoebe Bridgers. Has a new album called Punisher, wow. who we know, or us crazy Fiona fans know, did a duet with her last year yes. uh, called Silent Night slash 8 O'Clock News, which is super haunting. Uh, listen to it. So, um, and I would li- also like to add that one of my 90s uh, female artists announced this week that she will be releasing an album in September, September 18th, which was one of the possible... Uh, dates that um, Alanis Morissette's album had been pushed back to before it had settled on July 31st. Uh, Jonah Osborne with an album called Trouble and Strife. And, you know, the first single's pretty good. Uh, I liked it a lot better the second time I heard it. I understand what what she's trying to say in it. Um, Also, check it out. 
Awesome. So at the top of the show, for six degrees of separation, we said uh, to try to connect Eartha Kitt and Diane Weist. Eartha Kitt is the first African-American woman to play Catwoman uh, in the uh, 1960s and 50s uh, Batman with Adam West. Damn, that was 1960s. And Diane Weiss played the mother of... Just just, just give it all to me. Well, no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Eartha Kitt, of course, was in Batman with yeah. uh, Adam West. Adam West uh, had a guest starring role on The Big Bang Theory, which also guest starred James Earl Jones. They both played themselves, but not in the same episode. But, you know, it's a connection. James Earl Jones uh, is famous for voicing Mufasa in The Lion King, uh, which also featured the voice talents of one Nathan Lane, who voiced Timon, who was in The Birdcage with Diane Weist. There you go. I was surprised you went that way. I was going somewhere with... uh... Where was it? Eartha Kitt, Family Guy with Adam West, and try to connect it with... I suck at this game. Um, and the fact of the week is Titanic was the first film to have two people nominated for an Oscar portraying the same character. Wow. And that's the fact of the week, and you can do whatever you want with it because it's not mine. It belongs to the bottom of the ocean, just like the jewel of the ocean. The heart of the ocean. The heart of the ocean. I, I, I've only ever seen it once. Whatever. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary people, thank you so much for allowing us to go into your ears and entertain you all every week. And we are so happy to reach 40 episodes, and we hope that we can continue giving you 40 more and beyond. 40 episodes holy crap that means we're taking a break next week so uh enjoy your break as well it will be your birthday the big (laughs) however old you are (laughs) Where, where can they find us uh well if you want to find us when you of course go to instagram to follow uh kyle Kyle sparkles with a z also look 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 for us at press play ar that's press play ar on instagram Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, I'm Riz. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.